This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 33 of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy's Critter Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we're going to talk about our favorite products. Cerneco del Etna is the breed of the show. Aloe vera is featured in Critter Nutrition. And in Coffee Clutch, we talk about flea and tick products. Patty, you have had quite a challenge. <laughs> you know, last 48 hours. It's well, it yes, it's been a little bit. The last 48 hours has been a little bit uh, tougher than um, it started about a week ago. I, um, my daughter Hannah, is um, actually as we speak, probably um, arriving in Wellington with um, my truck and my brand new trailer. And two of her horses, she was awarded a scholarship to train with Robert for a month. And yeah, Robert Robert Dover. Dover. And um, he had been in Texas doing clinics, uh, two clinics, and he's been my longtime coach for years and years. And um, I have a PRE, was a stallion. I still refer to him as a stallion, but he's a gelding um, that has been a little tough to finish. He has his ones, he has his, you know, his pirouettes, his passage is good, but his piaf is weak, which is difficult. Anyway, so I was going to go and train with Robert for a month and was very excited about all this. Um, But Stu had other plans. (laughs) I have um, the farm that we're at, it's very open and there's a lot of fields and I have um, his last offspring. His name is Stanley. And, um, he was having a good old time out in the field and I guess Stu was just like, wow, that's my boy. I'm going to one up him. And I'm not really sure exactly what happened, but he hit his shoulder somehow. And there's a nerve that runs across their shoulder. And I think it's called the ulnar nerve. Um, yeah. So, but in horses, oddly enough, it is literally right under the skin and you know, Tigger, you know how many times you've heard old time horse people say, don't you let that horse walk in the stall without you walking with it. They're going to hit their shoulder. Lee's a lot used to tell me that all the time. Don't let them do that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Well, in all the years I've been doing this, which has been many, I've never had this injury. And Hannah, um, for some reason she knew it was, it's called a Sweeney. Have you heard that term? Mm-mm. So a Sweeney is when it's actually, the nerve is severed and it's known in draft horses. And what happens is, is when they put the collar on them and it's too big and they work all day, it can sever that nerve because it falls. It literally is, if you touch your shoulder, it runs right over the top of the shoulder. Oddly enough, in a dog, it goes underneath. And, you know, in the shoulder, the point of the shoulder on the horse, that's not actually where the joint is. It's back, you know, in further. So... I sent a video, thank goodness for technology. Um, I sent a video to my vet and he said, listen, I think this is, you know, he talked about the forward phase of the gate and he said, he's not lame. I mean, it's lame because he's not moving his leg forward, but it, it's going to take probably about seven days. So I brought him up there just for him to check him out and make sure. And he said, it really, truly, it will get better and better every day. Well, anyway, it didn't. <laughs> and the, 
and he was supposed to, I mean, it really, it, it got a ton better, um, but just not enough to make a difference. So he didn't end up getting on the trailer, which was quite frustrating. And, um, so Hannah, um, Hannah went on down by herself with her dad and, um, Stu decided he wanted to stay in Texas. (laughs) And when will you come? Um, I think now, um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, we were talking about this before we, you know, started um, doing the show, you know, it's hard because what a lot of people don't understand what it entails. I mean, and this takes months of planning and, um, you have to, of course, get your stalls and pay for them in advance, which is not refundable and, um, and make all the preparation for all of these things. So, Um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for me to go down the period of time I was going to. So I probably won't come down till, um, the 18th or 19th of March and I'll probably only stay a week versus, you know, staying, you know, through the rest of March into April. Well, may I just say, Patty P, if you can get to Wellington by the late afternoon of the 17th, Mm -hmm. You will see my Grand Prix quadrille go at global. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Yeah, so forget about the 18th or 19th. Just come on in Friday night, watch the Grand Prix, see the Grand Prix quadrille. And have a good time. And have some alcohol. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That actually, I mean, I, that, we talked about that. That I, that's an, every year you do this, don't you? Every year. Well, you I do it. W- w- I, it's the challenge of the Americas, but this year they're not. They're not doing the challenge of the Americas, so we're just doing an exhibition quadrille to keep people in the quadrille groove. Okay. Um, next year, the challenge of the Americas will be back, and it will be at Global. Perfect. Oh, awesome! Yeah. And where is it going to be this year then? The, it isn't this year. There is no but, challenge of the Americas. But where where are you going to do the quadrille? Sorry, at, I said that. At Global. We're, it still we're is at Global. We're time okay. inter- entertainment for the Grand gotcha. Prix freestyle. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that, that ought to be good. That ought to be really interesting. Well, because, you know, a lot of people don't know that you do freestyles as well as serve healthy food to horses. So, <laughs> Tigger has many hats. Yes. <laughs> So speaking of many hats, we have Glenn here. Hi, Glenn. I didn't know she did freestyles. You didn't? No. Yeah, Tigger is the best. She is absolutely the best. So explain for those that have no idea and have never seen one. What? What? I think people got an idea because they've seen drill teams of what a quadrille is. But in what you do in the dressage world, what is it? (laughs) (laughs) It's figure skating without ice. Um, performing required technical movements to music. So you still have your dressage movements, but you're doing it all together, all four of you. All four of you. Well, that's in the he's thinking of the quadrille. Quadrille. Oh, yep, yep. yep. But yeah. it, that's it's the same thing for an individual freestyle. Right, you right. Yeah, I, I was going quadrille. To, yep. Oh, okay. okay. So with the quadrille at the Grand Prix level, now you've got double pirouettes, you have one tempies, mm-hmm. you have piaf and passage. So there's a lot more elements. To... And they're doing it in unison? Yes. Wow. Yep. Well, on a good day. <laughs> that, yeah. That's hard because all horses piaf and passage a little bit differently. Well, um, that's why the choreographer has to be clever in the way you put the piafs together so that the weak ones are sort of hidden and the strong ones are more noticeable to the audience. Yeah, because the height's different on all of them. So, it, you know, that would be noticeable right. if you're lined up. 
Well, it depends on how you line them up, Glenn. Yeah, and it, like the Rockettes, you know, if, if to one the trade. if the Rockettes, if the one little girl in the middle is only getting her leg up a little bit, it stands out. Right. 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 And, you know, it, depending on how, you know, these are mostly green Grand Prix horses that I have in this quadrille this year, um, with an exception of one that is very experienced and he's kind of the one that I create all the difficult things for. He's my, my, I'm showing him off. It's Kaba, Patty. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. That'll be so awesome. Um, and the others, because they're so young and green, you can't ask for them to pee off for 15 steps. Right. It's, it's just not fair. You're, you're happy to get eight. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> without no without anybody dying and somewhat on the same and somewhat on the spot <laughs> yeah exactly and yeah. actually if they creep a little bit okay yeah. right so anyway now that we we have glenn and patty p um we're going to talk about our favorite products that we have recently discovered or used that we can share with our listeners who might be interested in and new cool things. Yeah. I think, I personally think that Glenn should start because he's I agree. so excited. He's so excited. <sighs> well, I got two things. So I'll, Jennifer couldn't be here tonight uh, because her mom's in town. So uh, that's why she couldn't be here. But I got to tell you about uh, something that she wanted me to put a plug in for her tonight. And uh, she loved, well, we both love this thing. And we got it in for, the company just sent us one to test. And I'll tell you what, we, we love it. It's called the Handy Camel Bag Clip. <laughs> now, picture, I looked it up. I, I had to look it up. <laughs> picture a bag clip for a bag of chips that you have, right? And you open the chips and you eat some chips, and then you close the chips with this bag clip that they sell in the kitchen store. Mm-hmm. Well, now take it and make it a foot and a half long, make it super sturdy, and now you have a bag clip for your feed bags. <gasps> oh, that is wow! So now this thing, and I was skeptical before we got it. I have one sitting right here, actually. Um, a listener won one. I'm going to send it out to her. But it, it, so if you open your bag of feed, and then you don't, nobody ever uses it all, and it doesn't have to be feed. It can be, it can be your dog your food. dog food. It can be gardening. It can be you use a half a bag of mulch, uh, pest control, whatever you have, right? Is it a bag? You can take this great big clip and snap it over the top, fold the bag, snap it over the top, just like a chip clip, except it has little things where it digs into the bag. And you can, it has a handle on top, so you can use it to carry a bag up to 40 pounds. You can carry up to 40, and it works. We've done it with like a whole bag of feed. And we've done it with a 50-pound bag of feed, and it, it just works. It, it doesn't slip off. It, these things are like mirror, little miracles. And I don't know why somebody didn't invent this a long time ago, <laughs> but um, it's called the Handy Camel Bag Clip. And I'm just trying to see here how much they are, as seen on TV on the Today Show. Uh, but they're 20 bucks for a pack of two. So wow. it's certainly affordable, and yeah. I, 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 you can, you're going to use these everywhere. I, I just am so sold on these, and we're, they're not a sponsor or anything. I, I, we just liked them when we got Jennifer also did this. You know how sometimes you just have to carry a couple flakes of hay? 
Well, what she did is she just took a bag, like a bag for feet or whatever. She cut it down the side so it's just this big, long, open bag. And she, she just puts the hay. She uses it as a wrapper. She puts the hay in this bag, closes it up, clips it at the top, and just carries the hay out to the field with it. It's such a—you could do so many things wow. with this. It is really cool. You can find it at thehandycamel.com. And I just found it on Amazon. So, Oh, oh is cool. it on Amazon? I didn't yeah. know that. Okay. Was it twenty bucks too? No, it was ten for one. For well, twenty bucks for two. Right. So that's okay. right. Okay, that'd be the same. Yeah, there you go. And it comes in colors too. You can get white, lime yeah. green, sky blue, raspberry red, or terracotta in case you're picky about your bag mm. clip color. Mm. <laughs> Who doesn't like that? It's a great invention. Mm. I don't know why somebody didn't invent that before. Yeah. Okay, what's next, Glenn? Uh, well, uh, my other one is human-related. I just got after all my friends on Facebook kept... Po- Actually, I heard about this from a girl who used to work with us in the acting company. She was 16 at the time, and she played a wench. She was our neighbor, and she did a ton of... A witch of, or a, a wench? A wench. And she became good friends, and you know, we kinda, she kind of grew up doing these shows with us all these years. And now, we're all these years later, she has 10 children. Oh, my goodness. And obviously a lot of cooking involved. Well, she posted that she absolutely loves her Instant Pot. This has nothing to do with marijuana or smoking, okay? It's called Instant (laughs) Pot. Yeah, I know. You could use that tonight, Patty. It's called Instant (laughs) Pot. And what it is, you remember your mom or grandma's old pressure cooker? Yeah. That had the the valve on the top and steam used to come out. And if you did it wrong, you could blow up the entire kitchen and burn yourself to death. Yeah. Yes. They were just dangerous creations um this is a pressure cooker except it's a new modern pressure cooker with all the safety features so it's not anything like your grandma's pressure cooker so basically you can cook everything in a quarter of the time i have made i made a three pound beef roast which normally would take an hour or longer in the in the in the oven it took 18 minutes and it was oh so tender because you got to remember it's it's a pressure cooker so there's steam inside and the moisture stays in anything you cook, vegetables, whatever you cook in it, uh, meats of any kind, it stays moist inside. And it literally, we made, I made a beef stew. And usually, but if I do beef stew, I start it in the morning in the crock pot, and 12 hours later, you have beef stew. And right. then your beef's tender and everything. I made beef stew in 18 minutes. Oh, my gosh. And it tasted just like wow. beef stew I cooked the entire day. The beef Is was it tender. easy? Yeah, that's the thing. It's really easy because everything's electronic. You brown your meat if you're going to brown, like, or if you, uh, they have a saute button. So you hit saute, you put it in, you brown your vegetables or your onions or whatever you're browning. And then you throw the rest on top, you put on the lid, set it for like 12, 14 minutes, and that's it. Okay, I need that's one of those. That's unbelievable. Literally, anything I've cooked in here, and I, I cooked a beef stew in here, and it's just beef, and it's garlic, and onion, and potatoes. By the way, the potatoes were perfect. Um, oh, carrots, wow. beef broth. You know how long ca- real carrots take to cook? They take a long time. Um, and then peas and everything. I put it, you, you brown the meat, then you throw everything in there, and you cook it. Uh, this recipe called for cook time of 22 minutes and oh, i'm loving this there you go wow. it was done and it tasted wonderful that um, sounds perfect it was great i i highly recommend i can't tell you how many of my friends have now bought these and everybody loves them just because it's such a time saver 
So where do you get them? Well, that's the thing. They were sold out at Amazon since Christmas because everybody's buying wow. them. Now, there's different versions. Different companies make them. Uh, I highly recommend the Instant Pot, that particular one. It's the right. best made of them. It was $99 for a six-quart, right. which is okay. they have a five, six, yeah. and seven-quart. I got the six-quart, and it seems to be plenty for us. I made, you know spaghetti, how it tastes better when it cooks all day? Yeah. Well, I didn't have time the other day, so I just browned the meat, the burger. Or, or, no, I used turkey. I ground the turkey in the in the pot on saute, put the rest of the stuff in there. It, spaghetti cooks for 12 minutes. Cooked it for 12 minutes. It tasted like it had been in a crock pot all day. Whoa. Wow. It was really good. <laughs> and you can oh, even gosh, put the noodles in. While it cooks, and it'll make the noodles, too. It's really good. Wow. It's really amazing. Now, there's safety features on it because it is is still a pressure cooker, right? Right. But if you have to either – the recipe will say let let it take the pressure out, and after it's done timed cooked, it'll actually slowly let the pressure out. You don't even see steam or anything. It lets the pressure out, so after about five minutes, you can open the lid and the pressure's out. Or you can turn this little knob, and it goes – and the pressure comes out after about a minute of going, and then you can take the lid off. But it will not let you take the lid off with the pre- still pressurized. So it's much safer wow. than grandma's. You know, it, yeah. it, there's all kinds of safety features built into it. Uh, wow. And, and you can use it as a crock pot and slow cook all day. So you have cool. That and, that, and, cool. And the electronic part of it's easy. Right? Oh, when yes. You, it's- I, I, did re- I highly recommend you read the directions, which are pretty short. But, <laughs> yeah, once goodness. you read the directions, <laughs> you, you, you must do that here when you first start. But I figured it out in about 10 minutes. And it, it, okay. I highly recommend it. Now, it is, I got mine at Walmart.com. They don't have it in the store, but I got it at Walmart.com for 99 bucks, and they had them in stock. So awesome. check around. Cool. Those okay. are my two recommendations. And now I'm hungry. Me too. I was just sitting here thinking, what was I going to make for dinner when we were done? But I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you make, it's going to take you longer than the instant pot. Yeah, I hope you feel good about that, Glenn. (laughs) Um, So, Tigger, what do you got? I have a a human product that's to wear. Oh. Oh. And it's called Icy Cools. I C I. K-U-L-S. Okay. And I got it at the horse, of course. hmm And it's a breathable, long-sleeve, mock-neck mm-hmm. riding shirt. Now, I'm not riding these days, but I'm outside in the sun all the time. Right. And it protects you from... Um, sunburn. It cools mm-hmm. you on hot, humid days. It's a moisture-wicking fabric. It's antimicrobial, and it has a UPF of fifty. Oh wow! So it's like and, it's like a riding sun shirt. Yeah. Okay. But what I really like about and it's got those great little vents, you know, under the arms, mm-hmm. um, and down the the sleeve but even if you are not riding but you have to be outside and you want to be protected it's incredibly light but you've got they've got great colors mm. like this is sort of a blue it's, it's a pattern 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just a boring old white or a boring old pink or a boring old green right. or brown or, um, but it, the way it feels on your skin is amazing. Oh, cool. So for riders this summer in the heat and the humidity, I highly recommend I see cool. I see cool. I C I K U L S. I see cools. Okay. I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah. When you come down to Wellington, you need to get some. Yeah. That sounds good. They sound they sound uh, really awesome. I lo- awesome. Are they the ones when the like the the breeze hits you, they cool your skin? Is it that yep. kind of? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I love that. Cool. Okay. Awesome. And what do you have, Patty P? Well, mine is um, horse related because that's all I ever do. <laughs> that and my dogs. <laughs> um, I um, and I got this at Christmas. I actually got it for somebody else and I really liked it. Um, it is a noble outfitters equine essential tote. And basically what it is, it's a brush box, you know, and our old brush boxes that we had before were the plastic ones that have yeah. you know, the little holes in the bottom and they were really quite good. Um, but they weren't, you know, you can't, you, they're very, they're stiff. So you can't always fit them into every place. And what I like about this, it's cloth, but the whole bottom side of it is mesh. So all the dirt falls out. So if there's crap on your hoof pick or, you know, something on your brush, it, you know, it, most of it will fall out. And if it doesn't, you can just tamp the, the bag, um, a little bit and the rest of it comes out. So they, it always looks kind of neat and clean. There's plenty of little compartments to put your stuff. You can put your fly spray and, you know, your, you know, um, your brushes, your hoof pick, if you have anything else you want in there and it's very easy and it's soft and you can fit it anywhere. And I love, and they come in kind of cool colors. Noble Outfitters is co- sort of my favorite company right now. Cause they have, you know, so many good, they have a good kind of not the icy cool shirts, but the long sleeve you know, sun shirts, like you're talking about, they have all sorts of different stuff, but, um, this, I, this has been my favorite brush box of all time. Wow. Yeah. And it's, what's nice about it is it just stays clean. So even, you know, how the other ones would get kind of junked up and you'd have to take everything yep. out, wash it. Um, you, you, I mean, you can still rinse this out because the bottom is just very, very open, um, mesh. It's not like tiny mesh, it's bigger holes. And, um, it's just, it's always stays clean and neat looking. So that's my new favorite product. So that's nobleoutfitters.com. Yes. Um, I got mine on Amazon. Um, they're, they're more limited for colors, I think through there, but, um, but yeah, nobleoutfitters.com. So it's time that we talk to Hedwig. Yippee. I have a very important question. I was going to say, we always have such good questions for her. Okay. I don't know how good this is. But it's something that um, I'm sure Glenn she'll tell us. <laughs> has been Wondering. dying to ask her. <laughs> Hello, Patty. Hello, <laughs> and Patty and Jennifer. Glenn. It's you have to put Glenn. up with me this time. Hello, Glenn. I have no real view on you at this time, so perhaps it will become friendly. <laughs> yeah, oh. <laughs> I see how this is starting. <laughs> yeah. Hetty, we've, we, we have a question we are dying to ask you. 
Yes, I'm ready at any time to answer questions because, in fact, my sole purpose on this show. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite animal other than a dog? I'm very fond of humans. Well, a human. No, I don't like humans. I'm taking that back. Um, I like the one horse who puts its snout on my ears. I like that. I like cats. Very fond of cats. Cute, mm. nice, friendly, very bossy. I like that. A serious. Now, my Pomeranian like to chase cats. How, uh, do you like to chase cats? No. No? We never chase oh. them. They're our friends. Oh, okay. We have an alliance. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Boy, why am I not surprised? Yeah. <laughs> The cats and I view humans very similarly as staff. Yes, of course. Oh, yeah. So why would I chase them? They are my natural allies. (laughs) (laughs) How about things like squirrels and chipmunks? I have no opinion on those. Oh, really? I don't. I would not chase them, for that would be rude. But often they are in trees, and I tend to leave things that are high up alone. My greyhound uh, would have an opinion on a squirrel. <laughs> so would my Aussies. Yeah. Heathen barbarians. <laughs> Lunch is my. It's what my greyhound is saying. Lunch. <laughs> but don't say they need to kill things. Couldn't we all just get along? Yeah. And oh. have humans bring us food? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it could work that way. Yeah. There was no way That's Pomeranians ever survived in the wild, was there? No way. No. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. Absolutely zero. <laughs> well, you know, you people are being quite dismissive of my survival skills, but actually, if you leave me in a truck, I will forage for food like a boss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that I believe. I've heard that. I've heard that. Do you that... know that just recently I was found head down in a bag of horse cookies? Oh. <laughs> Shocking. <laughs> and I've taught the gerbil to do it too. The the ger- oh the gerbil is the is the Valhund puppy. Yes. Yeah, I figured it's that. It's not a puppy. It's a feral gerbil. You're okay. <laughs> All right, Hetty. Well, um, <laughs> that was thanks. Inter- yes, that was <laughs> informational, enlightening as always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so happy that I could enlighten you in your darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, and uh, I'll make sure you have some cheese later on tonight. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Bye, Bye Hetty. Bye. Bye. And now it's time for the breed of the show. So we are at the breed of the show segment, and this <laughs> this time I chose a different breed <laughs> that Tigger just enjoys hearing the name. It's called a Cherneco del Etna, and I apologize, Janice, if I haven't said it uh, correctly. Janice is a friend of mine that got me interested in the breed. Tigger said, well, how did you come up with this dog? And a very good friend of mine who was a cat person f- for the longest time I mean, serious cat person. You know, cat people, Tigger, they don't jump into the dog side. No. They don't. And um, anyway, um, 
I, I understand a little bit more because I think this is kind of a cat-like dog. But basically, it is a Sicilian greyhound. Um, they're kind of an interesting dog. They are, um, um, they um, are like a you know the pharaoh or a beast and hound. They look a lot like that. They um, are are males mature to about twenty six pounds, females to about twenty two. They're very similar to the typical greyhound that we all know. They come in um, a bunch of different colors, but the most um, uh, common color is like the Isabella or the tan type color. Um, they have a fantastic temperament. They're unbelievable agility wise. They're a sight hound like the Pharaoh hound. They're, they're very closely related with the, with the kind of the Pharaoh hound. Um, and they, they were used the history of them is they were used initially for hunting and what their, um, uh, breed traits were is that they were tireless. They would hunt and hunt and hunt for hours and hours and never need food or water. So they have now in modern day times, they use them a lot for agility and they're apparently quite good. They're quite cat-like, <laughs> but so they're known for their uh, athleticism and they're also a great companion dog. They're great hunters. And they're just, like I said, they're known for being, they've got a keen sense of smell, but they're very quiet hunters. So if you have them in your house and you have, you know, uh, a, a cat or whatever, they're very good at sneaking up on um, other animals without them knowing. Having said that, they're, they're very good with other animals as long as they're introduced early, like any other breed. Um, their temperament is they're very strong and inquisitive and independent, and they're very loving with their family. They're a little socialites. They love when, you know, people come to visit and they'll come and, you know, greet you and, and love on you. And then they're very good and they'll like go into their corners and lay downs, but they're very, they're very good situationally. You can put them in many situations as long as you give them the opportunity to adjust to it or, you know, bring them into it. They're wonderful. Meaning that I wouldn't recommend them as an apartment dog, um, because they do have to have, um, exercise but if you but they're very good at hanging out like greyhounds i think um jen and and glenn have yeah uh, we have a greyhound sounds a lot like them actually yeah Yeah. so they they need their exercise but they'll also hang out and they'll be really good so i think they're very similar are they size wise are they size of a greyhound or like an italian greyhound i think more like an italian greyhound because like like i said the male is about 26 i've never heard of these well, I hadn't either. And like I said, my what got me so interested in this whole thing was my friend who was just a die hard cat person now has three of these and has no cats. So it's kind of, it was just kind of funny. Um, and they're, but, they, they look bald. I mean, like a, like the cat, like the cats that have no hair is kind of what they look like. They, they don't have a lot of body fat like the Italian greyhound or the greyhound. Um, and their coat is thin, but they're not hairless. And, there and there's only 200 or so in the United States, so right. it's a it's very, a very and they're originally from Italy. Do they like pizza? Mm-hmm. They, I don't know. <laughs> ah, they're Ravioli. Sicilian too. They are Sicilian. Meatballs, spaghetti. <laughs> so the the coolest part of this, and I and it really was quite lengthy, but I um, just kind of summarized. They um, they when they got into the whole history of, you know, what their name was. And I guess there's a, a, a mountain Del Etna, which is obviously part of their name, but somewhere else in, in Sicily, there was, um, a, a place of worship and, um, oh my a gosh, church? I can't think of the name. Holy temple. I could not, okay. that totally escaped me a temple. Sorry. I couldn't think of it anyway. Um, they were, they were said that they possessed a supernatural um, instinct to attack the sacrilegious, but always welcomed the devout. So they say their keen, you know, ability to 
um, figure people out is one of their most um, wonderful traits. So anyway, it sounds like kind of a cool, you know, a cool dog. They're, they're definitely a sighthound. So you have to be very good at keeping them on the leash because if, you know, if they see a rabbit, they're gone. (laughs) Um, but they are um, supposedly really great, really great, easy dogs to get along with. And you can put them in, like I said, most at, you know, different circumstances. But, um, you, you know, if you have an apartment, you don't necessarily want to consider this as a, you know, a lap dog that's going to hang out and not eat it, need its exercise. It definitely needs to be um, exercised. And it's excellent, excellent, excellent in agility. And that's what my friend does. She does agility with hers and, um, and just loves them to death. So, Cherneco del Etna. wonder where you find Ta-da! one of those. <laughs> There's only a couple well, hundred, you know? Yeah, well, what's interesting is how this gal got into it. She um, works for the um, Equestrian AIDS Foundation, and there was um, somebody that needed some help through the foundation. And they, uh, she went on their website, and this woman bred these dogs, and she wow. fell in love with them. And interestingly enough... Um, she co-owns one with the breeder and they made it to Westminster. Oh, wow. This past year. Yeah. So I do not I remember seeing them at Westminster. <laughs> yeah. Well, they've only been AKC recognized since 2006 and it's obviously it is in the hound group and it's, no, um, it says 2015 wait, AKC. I'm, I'm at the AKC site. Oh, registered. No, it said registered. It said to me, it said registered in 2006. At 2015. No, no, no. No, you're right. 2015. You are right. I think they became. Um, I, they, um, re- they recognize them, but they didn't become. Exactly. Part into of, you're, the you're right. AKC Absolutely. until 2015. 2015. So there you go. If you want a cat, but you don't. And you still want a dog. <laughs> and if you want a pizza loving dog, here you go. And if you want a dog that, that loves Italian, there you go. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures of them as puppies on the there's a there's actually an association. The uh it's the how do you say it again? Cherneco del Etna. I had to write that down. It's the Chernel Cherneco del Etna Association of America. And uh, they have 20 members, but um, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. How many. <laughs> <laughs> How can they afford to keep the association going? That's my question. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. Well, now after Healthy Critters Radio, maybe there'll be an explosion of yeah people that want. We might double the population to 20. Yeah, there you go. No, there's 200. <laughs> oh, here, so then we might double to... it to 400. Yeah, come on, Glenn, read that correctly. <laughs> All right, yeah. Well, now we all learned something today. About it. We did, yeah. did, and and I'm telling you, every time you say it, you're still never going to say it. I keep looking at my thing, Cherneco del Etna, and I guarantee you, I'm not probably um, saying it correct, but still, an interesting breed at that. Yeah, the one person listening to this show that owns one or has seen one in the past is now mad at you because you're pronouncing yeah. it wrong. <laughs> Someone then, then you can go on our Facebook page and tell us, a, a, if you have one and tell us stories about your dog and if I said it incorrectly. But I tried. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, and we are now going to head to our next segment. So we're at our critter nutrition segment of the show, and today I'm going to talk about aloe vera. Aloe vera has a long history of use as a beneficial and important medicine plant. The Egyptians used aloe topically, and the dead were embalmed with aloe. It was known in 
in Egypt as the plant of eternity. Alexander the Great used aloe juice to heal war wounds of his army. It is said that Aristotle convinced Alexander to capture the island of Socotra, specifically to gain possession of the precious aloe groves to provide enough medication to heal the wounds of Alexander's battalions. The ancient Chinese and Japanese cultures consumed juice of the aloe plant. In Japan, it was known as the royal plant and was highly valued by the samurai as an elixir. The Chinese refer to aloe as the method of harmony. In Ayurvedic medicine, aloe is considered rejuvenating and is sometimes called the mother of all healing systems. How does aloe work? Aloe contains several powerful nutritional factors, polysaccharides, glycoproteins, and glucomannan. Polysaccharides can increase cellular movement, leading to faster and more efficient tissue regrowth. Glycoproteins can help control the inflammatory response, and glucomannan is a type of dietary fiber that is shown can stimulate the fibroblast cells that help build new collagen and tissue. Aloe for topical use. I keep tubes of aloe in the, in the barn in the house. Um, aloe gel has been used for centuries for burn, scrapes, skin irritation, sunburn, and abrasions. I also have two large aloe plants in very large pots in order to have the fresh leaf gel. Aloe can be used for acne, psoriasis, frostbite, and to reduce scarring. I don't use aloe on big open wounds, but do apply it to the tissues surrounding the wound. I do use it on scrapes, nicks, small cuts, and abrasions on the horses, myself, and the dogs. I have burned myself a time or two, and the aloe took the pain away immediately. Aloe for ulcer horses. Aloe can be a wonderful addition to the equine diet for horses struggling with gastric issues and ulcers. Since it is mucilogenic, it will soothe the gastrointestinal tract. It is high in digestible fiber and can support the regulation of healthy colonic bacteria. Due to the fact that aloe can relieve irritation of the mucous membranes, it becomes an important food for ulcer-sensitive horses. Aloe can support the immune system. The gastrointestinal tract plays a significant role in immune system function. Aloe vera contains some antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal properties. A published study in the Journal of Applied Animal Research identified that aloe reduced the number of E. coli colonies and increased the number of lactobacillus colonies in the gut. What kind of aloe to use? When it comes to topical application, I use the 99% pure gel, or simply break off a leaf from the plant and rub it on the burner cut. For internal use for the horses and myself, I use distilled aloe, called George's aloe. Distilled aloe is not diluted, does not contain preservatives or additives, and is 100% pure aloe. It tastes like spring water, so it is very palatable, palatable to even the most picky equine. Protecting the equine GI tract during riding and training. One of the challenges, particularly with ulcer-sensitive horses, or the horses that are recurrent ulcer horses, is protecting the delicate intestinal mucosa when the horse is worked. The biology of the horse requires the horse to eat 20 hours a day, producing bicarbonate from saliva, which helps reduce the acid in the stomach. When we ride and train, the gut is mostly unprotected, and the acid is constantly being produced. In response to my own ulcer-sensitive horse, I formulated Biostar's tummies. 
This formula is made into bars to be fed by hand and provide a unique and specialized aloe with organic cabbage for added amounts of glutamine to heal the intestinal mucosa. What makes Tummies unique is that we use a microcrystallized aloe that is stronger than distilled aloe because it is highly concentrated. This microcrystallized aloe is more bioactive than the gel or distillate. Because it is so bioactive, it comes with a big price tag, $200 a pound. This is not your average Costco or Trader Joe's bulk aloe. Because it is so powerful, it goes to work to coat the GI tract and protect it from potential gastric acid burn, particularly in the stomach. I often think of it as a plant version of the drug sucralfate. Tummies is to be given before the horse works, so it's best to give while the horse is being tacked up so that the aloe can go to work coating and protecting the GI tract. Any period of stress for horses, such as trailering, showing, changing barns, losing a pasture mate, farrier work, or a change to the routine, you can give tummies to protect the gut and lessen the chance of gastric irritation. Whether you grow some aloe in a pot or have the gel and distillate on hand, aloe is, in my opinion, a must-have in home and barn. There are toxins toxic substances in the rind of the aloe leaf. So don't grab an aloe leaf and put it in your blender to feed your horse or dog. My recommendation is to feed one quarter cup of George's distilled aloe per feeding for horses. Just add it to the feed. For the ulcer sensitive horse under saddle, give two bars of tummies 30 minutes before riding. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why BioStar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. BioStar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The BioStar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BioStarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BioStarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. So that's good to talk about aloe because I've seen at the store now these huge bottles of aloe. Yeah, and they're selling these huge bottles, and it's made to drink. Okay, so yep. I, I wondered because obviously we have a thousand al- aloe plants around our house, so we have all the aloe we want here in Florida. It grows like weeds, literally, and so we just go cut some off, and we have some. But is that stuff they're selling in the bottles to drink actually? Is it so full of crap that it's not worth it, or what? Yeah, you have to really read the ingredients because unless it's a hundred percent pure distilled aloe, there are going to be preservatives, additives, especially in the cheaper brands. And that's why I always recommend George's. Okay. Well, that's good to know. And now I do have another question if I can interrupt today. Okay, okay. This is very personal for me. Uh, of course, I have chronic Lyme disease, which I think everybody knows, um, and have had it for 14 years. Uh, and I wow. control it through diet, and, you know, I still get sick. As a matter of fact, a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't do a show because I was sick. Mine's neurological, so I can't think or talk, which a lot of people would say is normal But uh, <laughs> with me. But I, it actually gets worse on those days. Um, 
But now this study came out, and the European, by the way, American, the AMA does not believe there is such a thing as chronic Lyme disease because they don't, the insurance companies don't want to pay for it. So now the CDC says 10 to 20% of patients uh, do go on to develop a chronic form, which I thought's interesting because isn't the CDC also American? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Um, but now the Europeans have been doing a lot of studying on Lyme, which is interesting because it's not so prevalent over there as it is here. But right. what they're finding is that stevia, they're finding in, the, in these early studies that stevia has been killing Lyme in chronic patients more than anti- antibiotics ever will. They're finding stevia is one of the most effective things for killing these bugs that basically sit in your body. Um, and they're, they're doing further studies now because they're finding that stevia is the one thing that will, ta- will kill these guys off. Okay, mm. so I'm looking at the study, actually, yeah. as we speak. And I, I want to point this out because this is really, really important. Okay, that's why I wanted to ask you. What they are using is a whole leaf extract. And what does that it's mean? It's not the sweetener in the stores. Right. So what's that mean? So they're using an extract from the whole plant itself. Okay. So that's a very different um, stevia than what you use to sweeten with. So what mm. do you, first, can you even buy that? And stevia, let me tell you, steve, real stevia leaf is has a bitterness to well it. you even st- I, I, so is it pronounced stevia by the way yeah it is okay mm. so is if you even the stevia uh, sugar or whatever you want to call it the sweetener uh has kind of a little bit of a bitter taste anyway so i can see that what you're saying okay yeah. so there are additives used with the stevia sweetener to take some of the bitterness out so i wonder if they're looking at doing this eventually it will be in pill form or whatever you know, they're, uh, um, that's, the, that's a very good question. And sometimes extracts are actually liquid. Yeah. So, so it's going to be interesting to see how this progresses. And obviously I'm very interested to see how it progresses. Yeah. Yeah. And they're also saying, which was interesting at the end of this article was the study even found that the extract was able to lower high blood pressure and reduce blood, blood glucose in type two diabetics. Oh, that's very interesting. Interesting. Oh. So anyway, I wanted to ask your opinion about that. So don't no, ar- think- start eating more of the sugar. That's not going to help me. Yeah. Well, right. No, right. You, you, you're you going to have to go. And, I, and I, you know, it may well be available is an extract from whole stevia leaf. Well, I'll look that up as you're doing the next sec- segment. All right. Well, you're part of the next segment. <laughs> oh, okay. It's Coffee Clatch. Coffee clatch. (laughs) We're on to coffee clatch. I think this is a really important topic. We're going to talk about flea and tick products. No, we don't have those in Florida. Not at all. (laughs) And I'm just nobody warned us when we moved to Florida that fleas were a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's really interesting is NPR just did a forecast for Lyme disease, March 6, 2017. Oh, really? Yeah. And what they're um what they they were interviewing some researchers and I'm going to read from this 
article because it's really important to this topic. Um, they're per- anticipating 2017 to be a particularly risky year for Lyme. Hmm. So these researchers have studied Lyme for more than 20 years and have come up with an early warning system. Because it was so mild in some parts of the country? No, I, no. that's what I thought. Yeah. They can predict how many cases there will be a, a year in advance by looking at one key measurement. Count the mice the year before. Well, that's where they come from. Mice oh. are highly efficient transmitters of Lyme. They infect oh. up to 95% of ticks that feed on them. Mice are responsible for infecting the majority of ticks carrying Lyme in the Northeast. And ticks love mice. Wow. Yes. I've been been listening to a uh, new podcast about hiking the Appalachian Trail. And, you know, they don't worry about bears as much. The biggest predator on the Appalachian Trail is ticks. And the biggest thing that wipes people out from the Appalachian Trail is getting Lyme disease. Mm-hmm. Well, they're saying they think that the burden of Lyme disease in the U.S. is about 300,000 cases. Wow. And I think that's low. So um, the reasons for this Lyme explosion are many. Climate change is part of it. The surge in deer has also been a factor. But Ostfeld has found another reason, something that happened more than 200 years ago. Today, the Hudson River Valley in upstate New York is gorgeous. The hills are covered with oak forests, and the valleys are patchworks of hayfields and farms. But Ostfeld says the area didn't always look like this. When the Europeans came here hundreds of years ago, they clear-cut nearly all the forests to plant crops and raise livestock. They also cut down trees for commercial use to make masts for ship and for firewood. Since then, a lot of the forest has come back, but it's not the same forest as before. Today, it's all broken up into little pieces with roads, farms, and housing developments. For mice, this has been great news. They tend to thrive in these degraded, fragmented landscapes because their predators need big forests to survive. Without as many foxes, hawks, and owls to eat them, mice crank babies. And we end up with forests packed with mice, mice that are chronically infected with Lyme and covered with ticks. Mm. That makes a lot of sense, and a lot of people don't realize that we have more forests now than than they did back then. Um, And it makes a lot of sense, too. We don't have the same forest. Right. It's a different—we have more trees now than we did back then. No, no. We have less trees. I, I read this really interesting book. Is there mice in the house, Patty? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I, <laughs> no, but there was somebody at the door. Oh, I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> the Frenchies always think it's good to announce them, but while howling. Sorry about that. <laughs> so this book called Bark Skins is about what the North American continent looked like when the French and the British got here. And it was an incredibly dense, big, old forest. And that's gone. That is never coming back. Well, and part of that was they cut it all down, right? I mean, that was part of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then they, you know, burned it out and used some for mass and ships and and then and just firewood. They, Heat. And firewood, yeah, of course. Yeah. And uh, then they started farming. Uh, 
So we don't have the forests that we used to have. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. So now, so, yeah. so now we need to, we need to talk about you know tick. Yeah. Yes. And flea, because I, I think if the prediction is right, you know we're going to have more of a tick problem this year. And in this NPR article, um, there's a picture of a map of Lyme disease in 2001, and it's basically concentrated along the coast from, you know, New Jersey, southern Pennsylvania, up into, you know, New York, Connecticut, but all south, you know. And then you Mm. look at 2015, and it's like entire New England and it's in Minnesota, Wisconsin, Southern Virginia, um, even down in Florida. So it's really spread. Uh, I mean, you know, mm. England's having a big problem with it now. Uh, oh wow! Yeah. So it's not just here anymore. Wow. So what what are you all using for flea and tick products? Well, it's interesting because I we I I have been very fortunate being here because you know in in Houston it's a lot like Florida ticks or fleas can be really really bad and I honestly have not had a problem until about a week ago and um, I um, you know I'm always tr- I'm always trying to be so careful about not using trying to use more all natural stuff and the weird thing is is you know i bring burke back and forth to the barn and that's where there's you know a lot more dogs and whatnot so he's the one that's really affected by it so you know i always try to bathe them and um you know keep that in their their area clean but i the breeder told me about a product called wonderside and it is all natural um and it's not the best smelling stuff but if you can saturate their skin and as i am finding out aussies are hard to get all the way down to the base of their skin um the frenchies uh, no big deal um but it is it's it's a great product and it really does work and it's you know it is all natural um and it's it's called and they have a bunch of different products, but it it kills and repel, repels and it's you know it has cedar and rosemary. Um, there's no harsh chemicals and it it kills the life of the cycle of the flea on contact and it is vet recommended. So that's been um, and it's not that expensive. You can get it you know kind of in a big one of the big square bottles. And you can use it as frequently as you want and you can spray their bedding and, and it doesn't, you know, it's not the best smelling stuff to me, but it doesn't smell like the, you know, the, the um, Adams stuff or, you know, the other right. type of stuff that you put on. Um, so anyway, I, like I said, this is what I've been really trying and it's been, it's been working on the Frenchies a little bit harder. Cause I just don't think I can get down to the skin of, Burke without like dipping him in it <laughs> like just a little puppy dip but um i just i use it every day okay so it's, and, and you can get it you can get this um on amazon and a lot of vets carry it too but it's safe that's really important yeah wonderside.com um i last year i used the Soresto collar mm-hmm it's made by Bayer. They say it provides eight months of flea and tick per- protection. Mm-hmm. Um, my dogs are in and out of the water so much mm. that it actually lasted about um, four months. Right. But it worked 
great. And it's called Seresto? Yeah, S-E-R-E-S-T-O. S-E-R-E-S-T-O, okay. Oh. Um, it's sort of a sustained release mm-hmm. technology. However, it, it is an insecticide. Right. So um, I've just been trying a new one called Arava, A-R-A-V-A. Mm-hmm. And it's a collar because I really don't like spraying and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's a hundred percent non-toxic. You can, even babies can be around this collar. Oh, wow. Um, and, and they're just using botanicals, peppermint, cinnamon, lemongrass, um, and components that block the airway of the insects. Okay. And you can get it on Amazon. Um, and you know, is it going to be a hundred percent? I mean, I haven't had to do with ticks yet. Right. Is it going to be a hundred percent against ticks? I don't know. It's certainly, I mean, my dogs go to the dog park and they haven't picked up any fleas or ticks. Um, so, you know, maybe I'm going to have to add a, a, a topical or just, you know, go through them with a tick comb when they're out in the woods. Mm-hmm. But I really am excited that so far it's it's worked great. Now, you know, this summer I may have to go to Soresto just to, because my dogs are in the woods, in the fields. They're, mm-hmm. they're you know, not living a suburban life. Right. Um, somebody asked me recently, you know, what other, other than the collars and, um, I used Frontline for a long time, and I have found that it has lost its punch, mm. that the ticks are resistant to it. Oh, wow. Um, some people use Advantix. That's that's the other thing that I use on the dogs. Um, I It's a little tricky with the um, MDR1 gene with Aussies. Mm-hmm. Right. So unless you uh, get him, get your dog tested... Um, it's not something you'd want to use on him until you know where he well, is with that gene. But the Advantix does not have ivermectin in it, though. No, but it has something else. Because if you go on some of the Aussie pages, lots of dogs are having reaction Aussies. Oh, interesting. Because I, I was told that was the one product that I could use. Now, I do use Advantage Multi. But okay. it's not against ticks. It's, you know, warming fleas. Right. So they get that once a month. And and that's safe for Aussies. Advantage, not Advantix. Correct. Advantage okay. multi. Advantage multi, okay. And that that's isn't that just an over the counter, like you don't have to go through your vet for that one? You do not have to go through your vet. Okay. You can get it at, you know, Pet Supplies, uh, what's that, 1-800-PET-MEDS. Right. Yeah. Okay. But you can't, I can't find it on Amazon, so you do have to go to, um, right. you know, 800-PET-MEDS. So when you did the Ceresto uh, collar, how did you, um, how did that work, Um like, how do you get that, like, because um, I've not seen that before. Okay, um, so you can get it on Amazon. <coughs> and they say, you know, you get eight-month protection, but 
trust me, when the dogs get wet, you don't get eight months. But I was happy to get four. Okay. But if you if um it it tells you what's what size. Yeah, they I think they have small, medium, large. Okay. Because that may be something that I would want to try. Okay. Interesting. Glenn, do you have any input on this? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> he took He's a powder. Gone. He did. <laughs> We're on our own. We're on our own. What does that Uh-oh. mean? Uh oh. Uh oh. We can dangerous. do it. We can do whatever we want. We can talk oh, about. A- it. <laughs> we, we can do things that would make him so mad. <laughs> Which we do anyway. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> we're entertaining. Yeah. I just yeah. ran out to figure out what we give. Were you guys looking for me? Oh, yeah. and we were having fun. Oh, okay. We were, we, we were like, Glenn? Glenn? <laughs> Hello? Because greyhounds Glenn. are weird um, because you can't give them a lot of stuff that you can give other dogs. Yeah, they're so sensitive. Yeah, they're sensitive to everything, which is unfortunately why they used them for experimenting for so long. Um so we use Advantage 2, uh, which is put out by Bayer. It's a Bayer product, Advantage 2, um, and it's one of the drops you put on there. Mm, uh, you put on them. It kills fleas and, and ticks and things like that. So How well is it working? What's that? How well is it working? It's the only thing we found that worked with all the fleas we have here. Wow. We tried collars. I, I was just looking at Amazon, and we bought about 20 different kinds of collars and all this stuff, and it was the only thing that worked. Now, Dr. Wendy, and I don't remember the name of it, has a prescription that they were giving for ticks and fleas, too, and I don't remember what the prescription was, uh, but it didn't even work as well as the Advantage did. And, th- you know, although I agree with you guys, I think, like, Frontline, Products like this stop working over a period of time. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I do think that that's true. But that's what we found that works for the Greyhound here right now. Interesting. So, okay. So, to recap, we had <laughs> – because I'm, I'm like – I'm on Amazon right now going, I'm buying one of these collars. Because, I mean, I have bathed this dog um, every day. I mean, I was And that's me. not good. Well, but he's, he just, he's, he's getting, you know, um, little sores on his patookas and we don't want that. (laughs) Um, Nobody wants that. (laughs) Nobody wants that. Um, yeah. And I, but, but I, like I said, I was having success with this other, this wonder side and it really, I think it's really good to help, um, really prevent it in the sense that um if if you can use it before it becomes an issue he and it, the great the great thing is he's the only one that's affected by it which is odd hmm. so the other other dogs aren't having a problem so yay yay you know for that but um it's uh um just trying to you know figure out what's the best thing to do is hard because you know bless his little heart he's just in like right now he's just in in his little crate itching away Oh. And I've, t- you know, I'm, you know, and again, just so listeners know, one of the number one things when you treat your dog, you should always wash their bedding. So, because yeah. they can be, you know, can be living in the bedding. So baths are good. However, they're not good if um, you have to do them every day. No, it's not good at all. No. So, so, okay. So Glenn, you were saying, now what did you say yours was? It's, uh, yours was- it's Bayer Advantage 2. 
And Advantage it's, it's too. the drops. You know, you put okay. on their back once a month. Right. Yep. Gotcha. Just make just make sure that you know there's no anything that an Aussie can be allergic. You know, it, it, look it up and and do a Google search for Aussie groups and right. you know, just advantage too and. I've never right. owned an animal that wasn't weird and needed special stuff. Who owns those <laughs> animals? Because I've never found it, that any animal we ever had was normal. <laughs> Just saying. You're, yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> Just horses. Doesn't matter what. So we always had the special needs children. Um, yeah. <laughs> so to recap, we have Arava, which is the um, the natural pet pest repellent collar um it's it's new um so far it's working for me we have the seresto flea and tick collar which has medicine in it and, and for my dogs it worked great for a couple of months um glenn uses advantage two and patty uses wonderside wonderside and, and so if you're using something that works great please Get on our Facebook page or healthycrittersradio.com and let us know what you use and we'll share it on our show. Ta-da. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com, where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cow. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. Hedging with your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Hunter with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. Snap Snapchat your salamander. Take a selfie with your squirrel. FaceTime your with your ferret. <laughs>